Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. Hallelujah. We are learning. We are growing. Uh, the Word of God has an uh, incremental and displacing effect on you. If you receive it, uh, just like you can be full of fear, you can be full of faith. And the faith, the more faith you get in you, it pushes fear out of you. It displaces it. And um, uh, it's not just, you know, mystical, unknowable how somebody could have this kind of faith. It comes by hearing. And it comes by using your faith. Hearing it and using it, it grows. It gets stronger. And the more full of faith you are, like I said, it pushes the fear out. I know years ago, had the opportunity of, of ministering at, at a, what we called a healing school. And we had an individual that had been given up to die, uh, considered terminal with cancer. And um, they came and just camped out at healing school for, I think, three months. And uh, at the end of the time, they went back and they got just a clear report. And somebody asked them, what in the world happened to you? They said, I guess I got so full of the word, there was no room for the cancer. And there is a truth to that. There, you get full of life, there's no room for death. You get full of faith, there's no room for fear. Can you see that? But you listen to the wrong thing and you're going to be full of fear. You look at the wrong thing. You can't just look at your symptoms and, and talk about how you feel. You, you can't just talk about how hard it is. You can't just talk about how much you owe and how far behind you are. That will just uh, feed more fear and despair and depression. You got to hear something that'll put something into you. Are y'all with me? You, you got to be around something that'll put something positive in you, some quickening, some life, some strength that you can at least begin to look up and go, well, hey, you know, God's a big God. Surely he could do something about this, right? And then go from one to the next to the next. Next thing you know, you'll be uh, talking bold like the rest of us, right? And you'll be seeing some changes in your life because that's what God has told us to do. He told us to do this. Get your Bible. Get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom. We've saved you a seat right here. Let's release our faith for utterance. Father, we ask for the exact words, the exact uh, manifestation and quickening of your Holy Spirit, the gifts of your Spirit, and the working and moving of your Holy Spirit and your holy angels and your holy word. Uh, you can do it all over the world simultaneously. And we're asking for that in Jesus' name. And we'll give you all the glory and all the praise and all the thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Look, please, in Matthew 9 again. We've been looking this week at the healing of the two blind men. In Matthew 9, 
verse 27. Let's read it again. It said, when Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. They weren't still and they weren't silent. Can you see that? Faith is active. Faith is vocal. Amen. So if you're sitting around, being quiet, waiting on something, you better make a change. Right? You better make a change. I mean, it's real simple. If you hadn't got any results from what you've been doing for the last 10 years, you should change what you're doing. Right? If you, if you want to get some different results, you're going to have to do something different. I mean, that's just, you know... Uh, being oblivious to think I can keep doing the same thing and get a different result. No, thank God, it's all right here in the Word of God. How many know the Lord has never changed? He's never changed, can't change, doesn't need to change. He was perfect, He is perfect. He doesn't change. So what He was doing, He is doing, and He will do. Is He a respecter of persons? No, He's no respecter of persons. That means if He did it for them, He'll do it for somebody today. Today, If you do the same thing, what did they do? They were not passive. They were active. They got up and they went after it. Right? They were not silent. They were vocal. They called out for it and they asked for it and they reached for it. The two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And the implication is they kept on doing it. I don't know how long it took uh, to get from where they were to the house, but the whole time they're stumbling along. They can't see. Maybe somebody's helping lead them. I don't know. But uh, son of David, have mercy on us. Son of David, have mercy on us. And then when he got to the house, it didn't stop them. They said, where'd he go? Where'd he go? He went in the house. Lead me to the door. <laughs> so they got to the door. They went right on in the house, yelling in the living room, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And you might say, that, that's annoying uh, to the devil. It is. <laughs> huh? And to unbelieving people, it's really annoying. But it sounds good to the Lord. I know that this, this takes mind renewal. But why? Because he doesn't just hear something irritating. He hears somebody that believes something. Somebody that is expecting something. Somebody that didn't just give up at the first moment. It didn't turn out exactly like they thought that it should. And this is one of the big areas you've got to watch. Don't quit because you don't understand. Say it out loud. Don't quit because you don't understand. We are called God's little children. That's not just a figure of speech. Compared to Him, we're like two-year-olds. And what that means is there's so much we don't understand. And the thing is, we don't understand what we don't understand. (laughs) Do you know what I mean by that? Uh, That should be obvious to us, just growing a little bit, walking with the Lord. You learn some things and you look back and go, wow, I was really clueless. Well, how are you now? You're more clueless now than you think you are. 
but you just got to make up your mind, I trust the Lord. And uh, well, why, ha- why hasn't this already happened? Well, I don't know, but it's not God's fault. It's not because God is unfaithful. I know that. It's not because God's not good. I know that. It's not because God didn't care about me. I know that. Yes. Right? That's right. Uh, Lord, help me. But you got to make up your mind. I'm not quitting. I'm not going anywhere. You remember when Jesus taught the message on eat my flesh and drink my blood. Prior to that, the crowds were massive. I mean, tens of thousands and scores of thousands of people. And Jesus preached this message that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And I mean, people left him by the thousands. They disgusted among themselves and they said, what in the world is he talking about? Eating his flesh? He's talking about cannibalism? Drinking his blood? I'm not a vampire. What's he ta- what is he talking about? What? And, and they, they were offended and they left showing they were never really hooked. Can you see that? Because the first time they didn't understand something, they're gone. That means they weren't persuaded to begin with. And you'll hear people, uh, church people talking, well, I, I tried that tithing stuff, you know, for, I don't know, three weeks. And I couldn't tell any, <laughs> so they quit. Well, they were never persuaded to start with. Can you see that? They were never persuaded to start with because if you're persuaded, you won't quit. You'll stay with it no matter if it looks like it's working, if it doesn't look like it's working, you won't quit because you don't understand. And so when all these people left, Jesus turned and looked at the 12. He says, uh, are y'all leaving too? And uh, Peter said, where would we go? You have the words of life. And that's, what you, that's where you got to be. Did they understand that message uh, about eating his flesh? No, they didn't. Drinking his, no, but they stayed. I said, but they stayed. And don't you think they're glad they stayed? Oh my, oh my, oh my. And so you got to stay. You got to stay hooked with God. You got to stay hooked with his word. You got to stay hooked with the people he joined you to. Or elsewise, the enemy will have done exactly what he wanted to do, divide and destroy. Somebody say, I'm staying hooked. I'm staying, I'm staying hooked. What we said was, don't quit because you don't understand. Have you heard this and seen this before? People say, well, I just don't understand. I don't, so they quit. I'm not going anymore. I'm not doing this anymore. Well, you never were persuaded to start with. You never were convinced to start with, and this showed it up. So uh, they must be persuaded because they won't quit. They kept following. They kept crying out. Got to the house. You would think, well, it's over now. No, it ain't over. <laughs> it ain't over. Get me to the door. Open the door, please. They came on in. They're standing in the house, hollering, Son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David, have mercy on me. And uh, he said, Do you believe I'm able to do this? And you would think, Lord, why are they there? Of course, they, they must believe something. No, this is, this is necessary. It's necessary to ask this question. Do you believe I'm able to do this? They said, Yes, Lord. Well, he knows we got something to work with. He touched their eyes 
Oh, praise God. He reached out and touched their eyes. And what did he say? According to your faith. Because I'm the Son of God. No. Huh? No. 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 Because of all this anointing and power on me. No. No. He touched. What, what did he just get through asking? Uh, do you believe I'm able to do this? Do you believe this? And that goes back to him talking about the anointing all the time. He, we have reason to believe numerous places he went. He read Isaiah and said, the spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me. He's talking about that anointing. Do you believe I'm able to, to minister this anointing to you? Believe this anointing would fix your eyes and change your eyes? And they said, yes, Lord. So he touched their eyes and he said, according to your faith, be it unto you and immediately. Hallelujah. Somebody say, praise God. Their eyes were opened. Now, I want to talk more about this persistence because it's such a, a, a vital part of faith. Uh, we saw in Hebrews 6 where he said that we're to hold uh, you know, the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. We're not to be slothful. We're not to be lazy. Spiritual sluggards, the Amplified said. What does that mean? It means you're not doing anything when you're supposed to be doing something. And this describes too much of the church. Religion will make you a beggar. Not a believer. Not a believer. When did the Lord teach us to beg? Never. Hmm? Never. You would think that's one of the main things that he, that he said. To listen to a lot of preaching and a lot of doctrine. Uh, because that's what people wind up doing. Please God. Please God. I need it. I can't make it without it. Please help me. Please help me. What's taking so long? Why won't you help me? Please God, please God, please God. Is that faith? No. It's not faith. What do we say? Faith is not passive. Faith is aggressive. Faith is not silent. Faith is vocal. Faith doesn't sit still. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. Oh, somebody say lay hold. Lay hold. Lay hold. And we saw what Jesus said. What things serve you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Uh, we said that word is translated take. In the same word in the King James Bible. Believe that you take them. Take them. Religion does not teach you to take them. Does it? No, no it doesn't. It teaches you to beg and be quiet. If it's God's will, you need to back off. You, you need to do nothing. And there's actually an emphasis in many churches today concerning grace. And I call it grace only. And by that, the emphasis is that the main thing we all need to do, uh, that God has already done everything and Jesus has already paid for everything, and he has. And what that means is we just need to get out of his way and let go and let God have you heard this before? I mean, it's, it's a very popular thing. Well, uh, what we just got through reading in, in 1 Timothy 6, uh, 12, does that sound like let go and let God fight? 
the good fight of faith, lay hold. Well, that's, that's almost like letting go, right? Huh? No, that's the opposite of letting go. Who's teaching? And if you're talking about let go of your worries, let go of your anxieties, and trust God, well, yes, uh, don't just let go, throw it off, cast your care, right? Cast it off. But that's not what a lot of people are talking about. They're like, you know, the biggest thing is you just need to get out of God's way and get out of your own way. What does that mean? What are they saying? Do nothing and wait on God to do it all. Yeah, and you'll be robbed. If you do that, you will be robbed. And you'll be waiting and waiting and you'll be waiting next time I see you. Because that is not what the Lord told us to do. Just give up. Let go. Let God do everything. Wait on God. No, God has already done everything. Bought it, paid for it, given it. But He won't receive it for us. And He won't make us receive it for, for ourselves. Won't make us receive it. Um, so when He says, don't be slothful uh, in, in Hebrews 6... Don't be spiritual sluggards, but through faith and patient endurance, through faith and persistent endurance, you will inherit the promises. We saw in chapter 10 where he said, don't cast away your confidence. Uh, does that sound like not giving up? Don't, don't give up. Don't quit. Uh, keep that confidence. Keep that expectation. Keep going after it. Uh, because uh, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, the Lord said, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Does he want us laying back and leaving everything up to God? He said, I won't, I won't be pleased with you if you lay back, if you shrink back, if you pull back. What does that mean? You're, you're just sitting down. You're just laying down. You're just waiting on somebody else to, to do everything. That does not produce results in your life. Uh, the, the next verse says, we are not of those who draw back. Come on, say it out loud. We are not of those who draw back, who lay down, who shrink back, who give up, who quit. No, we're of those who go forth. We lay hold. Hallelujah. We actually take what has so freely been given to us. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> I know some years ago, uh, I had somebody that had helped me on some things in the ministry. I had a nice watch, and um, I felt impressed to give it to him. And so uh, uh, I got, got the box, and I put it in it, and, and I came to give it to him. And, and they said, oh, no, I, I, I can't accept that. I said, sure you can. And they said, oh, no, I just can't. I just can't. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, I, I just, you know, it's, it's a nice watch. It's an expensive watch, isn't it? And I said, well, it's not costing you anything. I mean, it's, uh, it, well, it's very expensive. I said, well, you know, it ain't that expensive. But uh, here, I, I want you to have it. They said, oh, no, I, I just can't. I, just, I said, sure you can. You hold your hands out there. I'll put it in there. And you close your hands and you have it. They said, I'm sorry, but I just can't. And they wouldn't receive it from me. They wouldn't receive it from me. And um, they didn't know it, but they irritated me. 
I didn't show it. Wasn't time for it. But what uh, their action was, and I know, you know, they were mixed up about some things, but their action was saying that I didn't hear from God about this. Hmm? Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. And they're also denying me. I believe in sowing and reaping. So this ain't going to be the end of this. Right? I, I believe if the Lord prompted me to sow that, I'm going to reap something bigger and better and greater. So then they denied me the opportunity for my harvest. And um, I, I just bring that up to say, you know, maybe they've changed and see it differently today. But uh, I say that because that is happening with the Lord and his people all over the planet. He's saying, receive it, receive it. And they're saying, well, I'm waiting on you, and, uh, or I just, I can't, or I just feel so unworthy. And uh, It's because you were worthy. That's why he had to come, to make you worthy. Come on, can you see this? I just don't deserve it. He knew that, but he gave it to you anyway, right? <laughs> and, and that's why we say, become as a little child, uh, never on, on Christmas morning. Do you see uh, the children come down to the Christmas tree and all the presents are around and, and then back into the corner and say, no, I'm unworthy. I can't, I'm unworthy of a present. No, they'll be tearing the paper off. Is that right? Before you can even tell them, is that, is that yours or not? They, they know how to receive because they hadn't learned all this junk yet. And so we must get rid of the religious junk, the phony, fake humility, and all of this junk that hinders you from receiving when the Lord says, this is yours. Tell me what you do, class. Come on, help me. You reach out with both hands and you lay hold of it and you take it and you receive it to yourself and you don't quit for anything. You don't let up for anybody or anything. And through that faith that lays hold and that patient, perseverant endurance, you will see it. You will feel it. You will experience it. It'll come to pass in your life. Just like Abraham saw it, you'll see it too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise Look with me, if you would, in uh, James 5 and 11. And I'm reading the NIV. He said, as you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. Persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance. Now, you see why I'm reading the NIV? Because King James says patience, right? The patience of Job. And what do, what do people a lot of times think when they hear of the patience of Job? Wait, wait, wait some more. And you're probably going to have to wait a lot longer and, and just see what happens. And, but don't quit waiting. Well, that's kind of unnecessary to say, isn't it? Because you're waiting for something as time goes on. No, that's not what it meant. Everybody say perseverance. perseverance. That's what the word means. Perseverance, persistence, endurance. It's not telling you that Job just passively waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. No, Job wouldn't quit. And that's, that's a big reason why he's in the Bible. Job made some mistakes. He made some doozies. 
He said some things he should not have said. At the end, the Bible, you know, he said, I repent <laughs> in dust and ashes. I, I've opened my mouth once and twice, but no more. I'm, I'm done. I repent. <laughs> so Job made some mistakes. Well, wh what's the Bible telling us? You have heard of Job's perseverance, the NIV says, and you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Oh, hallelujah. What are these two blind men asking for? Mercy. mercy. Is the Lord merciful? Oh, he is. Oh, don't you let anything tell you otherwise. The Lord is good and the Lord is merciful. He is so merciful. And Job experienced that. But if you read the entire book of Job, I mean, it's 42 chapters. And 40 of them are pain and strain. I mean, it's, it's tough. Uh, uh, scholars tell us that probably the entire episode of Job happened in maybe less than two years. Job had a bad year, a really bad year or two. But it didn't mean that it was the end of everything and he didn't quit. Even though he was wrong about some things, he got mad, he got upset, he blamed God, he did a bunch of things, but you know what he didn't do? He didn't quit. He didn't quit. Come on, can you see that? And that's when the Bible says, you have heard about how Job didn't quit. You have heard about how Job persevered. He kept hanging in there. He kept saying, I mean, he, he would say some, some stuff he shouldn't say, but then he'd say, but I know that my Redeemer lives <laughs> and one day I'm going to see him. <laughs> you know, he'd come back. And then finally, you know, when God appeared in the, uh, the whirlwind and asked Job a bunch of questions that he couldn't answer and Job saw his error, he, he, he repented and he said, God, forgive me. And the Bible said when Job prayed then for his friends, God turned Job's captivity and gave him twice as much as what he had lost. That's the mercy of God. That's the compassion of God. But what was it connected to, class? Come on, can you see it? What was it connected to? A man that wouldn't quit. Can you see that? A man that made a lot of mistakes, said a lot of dumb things, had to repent, had to change, but didn't quit, so he made it through. I said he made it through. Not only did he make it through, but everything he lost, he got back and twice that. Can you say amen? amen. Say it out loud. I'm not going to quit. No matter what I understand or don't understand or see or don't see, I'm not quitting. I trust my God. I'm holding on to my God. I'm willing to change. And he always causes me to triumph. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, that's it. Our time is up again today. Say it like we do. I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. As you can see, we have a lot more to finish on this healing of the two blind men. So please come back tomorrow. Join us. We'll see you again soon. 
right here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.